a great day. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to welcome you all here. Thank you for thank you for the love that you show and the, the sincerity of uh, of your salvation. It's just evident that it's wonderful. This is a great group, and I'm just so blessed, so blessed to be standing here. And I know that God has great things in store for us. Amen. Welcome to you, sir. Good to see you. What's your name? Don. Nice to meet you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let me get a drink while I'm waiting on my help here. You know, I say that jokingly. I've heard that for years from preachers, but you know, we don't. He's waiting on us. We're not waiting on him. Let me catch up to him real quick. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for this this beautiful, warm day in Texas. Lord, even though it's 100 now, we know that in December when it's snowing up north, we have shorts and flip-flops on here and be loving it. We thank you for the great state of Texas and this place you've given us to worship. But most of all, your church, which is these children of God and all those who hear this message, we just bless them in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, for opening their hearts and minds to receive into good ground the seed of the Word of God today and allow it to take root and bear fruit in their lives, that they be helped, healed, empowered, loved, and prospered by you, and that they go and help others with that same help they've received of you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well been talking about the promises of God, how Joshua led the children of God into the promised land, and our heavenly Joshua, Jesus Christ, led us into a land of promises. And there's about 8,000 of them, we said, in this book, and for us, they're all yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Amen? Last week, we were talking about the children's bread, which is healing for our natural bodies. That's one of the promises It's not a big thing to God. It's not a big thing whether it's a cold or cancer. The little C or the big one. There's no big one with God. There's no mountain that's tougher on Him than another. They're all just little molehills. Amen. Amen. And if we choose to magnify God and His promises, they'll become, those mountains will begin to move as well. Amen. Amen. That's a promise from Jesus Christ in Mark eleven twenty four. Believe that you have received what you pray for when you pray and you shall have it. That seems opposite to the world. They don't believe like that, do they? I want to talk to you about healing again today. It just seems appropriate, doesn't it, during this time? Because the Word has a lot to say about that. Matter of fact, God introduced himself to the the children of the Hebrews, the children of Israel, when they left Egypt, when they first started complaining at that first bitter water well, didn't he? He identified himself by one of his names, which is, I am God, your healer. And in the Hebrew, that same word for healer is doctor. Hadn't changed in these thousands of years. The great physician. And he healed that water when Moses... Threw that stick in there. Picture of the cross. Amen. But I want to let you know that today that you can be healed by the Word of God. The Word of God in you. One word from God has enough power in it to move every mountain in your life. The Word of God is what kept Peter on top of that water. It didn't freeze up. Jesus said, come. And in that word, there was all the power necessary to accomplish what he had granted him to do. Amen. Amen. Christians have gotten spiritually lazy. (laughs) 
as we have talked about some. You'd be the hardest working person in town and just as spiritually lazy as can be. I get that way myself sometimes. We talk, you hear about anointed ministers that travel around and, and they're wonderful. I, I love, wow, every time I meet somebody that walks in that, that level of a, anointing, that healing ministry, you know, it's just wonderful. Tom White was up in up at a friend of mine's place in Colorado not too long ago, and they they brought a a, a baby up there that was dead, and they brought it back to life. Brought a woman up to the an old man brought a, his wife up to the stage, and he was carrying her. She couldn't do anything; she was alive, but she was barely. And Todd said, what's wrong with it? And the old man said, everything. <laughs> can't do anything. And he said, well, because she can't even talk. He said, well, he started speaking to that. So she started talking to him. He said, she can't even raise her hand. He said, well, let's t-. he spoke to that. And she started moving around a bit. And in just a few minutes, she got up and walked back to her seat. Next time they were seen uh, up there, they were up in the balcony. They weren't there; it was somewhere else. But they were up in the balcony, and they they made it known that they were there. And she walked all the way up there. <clears throat> but it's not just those ministers that can heal people. <clears throat> I know people. I know ministers. Matter of fact, who. They can't wait to get to the next place or conference to get a goosebump. And that's all fine and good. Hey, man, if, you know, I, I, I love to go see Christian concerts. That's entertaining to me. Not, you know, I, I remember a guy one time in Florida. I was at a conference and, and uh, he was some apostle or another, you know. And and they were it was amazing praise and worship. Like the place was just uh, actually you were elevated up onto the roof, you know. And I remember him getting up there and looking around, saying, "That's not entertainment." <laughs> yes, it is. It is Christian entertainment. I know what he meant. You're trying to connect with God. You're, it's praise, worship. It's praise and worship. It's to glorify God, you know. And so we don't want to look at the entertainers as. As pop stars, you know, so forth. But if you're not entertained as a Christian by great Christian music and ministry and and wonderful uh, anointings on people and things like that, then then I don't know. Maybe your woods wet. But that ain't all there is to it, you know, because most of the time we're alone, aren't we? A great deal of this life we spend all alone. Especially when we got problems. <laughs> Mama used to say, you laugh, the world will laugh with you. You cry and you cry alone. But we go through some things, don't we? And hopefully your brothers and sisters in Christ will always be there. That's what we are, a family. Jesus said this family is, is really... More important than your regular family. Not not that you shirk any responsibilities or duties or love for them. We love everybody. But his mama and them came looking for him one day and the people told him they were outside. He says, who is my mother and brothers and sisters? Those who hear the word of God and do it. That's what he said. A lot of people look for those healing ministries. They get sick. They feel like they got to drive Go find one of those ministers. Or they got to come to the church. Again, good thing. We had little Malachi in here. I, I told you last week how it was scriptural to ask for what what we did. For the, the bring your... Anyone sick amongst you from James chapter 4? Let them come to the church, to the elders of the church. They'll anoint them with oil. Pray over them and the prayer of faith will make, make them well. Amen? Very scriptural. Nothing wrong with that. 
that oil is a picture and type of the Holy Spirit. And it's really to ignite faith amongst the believers. Amen. And that's the same thing that happens with these healing ministers. They go in and they create an atmosphere of healing. They get people fired up. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Faith is the hand that reaches out and grabs hold of the things provided by the grace of God through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Amen. If it's not provided through the atonement, then it's not something you can believe for by faith and achieve. You might, the devil might give it to you, but by faith in Christ, you're not going to believe for your, your husband or wife from the neighbor's husband or wife, you know. You're not going to want for somebody else's Cadillac, you know, and God give it to, you know, that's, it goes against his teachings, against his will. The devil will give you some things. Look at some of the artists and entertainers in this world, and they'll tell you straight up they've made a deal with the devil. Whether they're laughing or joking or not, they're telling the truth. The devil took Jesus up, he showed him all the the kingdoms of the world. He said, I've been given all this been given to me. I give it to you if you just worship me. Of course, Jesus wasn't biting, even after forty days of being in the desert, hungry. Nevertheless, he answered with the word, and that's what you should do. Because in this word, you'll find everything that you ever need from God. Amen. Proverbs 4, I told you last week, verses 20 through 22. Anyway, in that section of Proverbs, it says that the, the word of God is life to those who find it. Find the words. Find the promises. Remember what I told you? Find the promise that pertains to your situation. Claim it. Tell God, did you say this? Yes, I did, baby. All right. Amen. So be it. Unto me. I claim it. I'm standing on it. I'm selling for nothing less than your best. He likes that. That's faith. No matter what you see, it might get worse from that point a little bit. Just the devil kicking and screaming because he knows he's got to get the hell out of Dodge. Okay? Sorry, I sound a little surly. I, you know, it's still working on me a little. I don't like that old devil. He had me fooled for so many years that now I just don't have any time for him. The word is life to those who find them and health to their whole body is what that scripture says. Proverbs 4. Health to their whole body. Psalm 107 verse 20 said that God sent His Word and healed them. Sent His Word and healed them of all their afflictions, all their destruction. Amen? Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. If He did it for one, He'll do it for you. Today I want you to look in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. I'm going to share a couple things with you. I want to read this to you. This is a a message about the faith of the centurion soldier. He was a Roman soldier. He was a centurion, which means he had a hundred soldiers underneath him. Okay? Romans 8, starting at the fifth verse. When he, Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. Check this out. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word, and my servant will be healed. Wow. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, 
With no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Praise God. Jesus was amazed. He marveled at this centurion's faith. You remember last week I read to you in Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30, about the Syrophoenician or the Canaanite woman, how she came to Jesus and, and begged for her daughter to be healed. Uh, well, she, was, she had a demon. She wanted her delivered. Same difference. Jesus of Nazareth anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. He really didn't differentiate physical healing, demonized, fixed it. What's the difference? What's the difference in those two stories? He healed, they were both Gentiles. Because he said, why should I take the children's bread and give it to the dogs or the little doggies? Skilaki Ini, just a little little puppy. He wasn't calling her a big dog. But it was kind of rude. Why did he do that? Do I need to go back and look at that real quick? Mark 7, verses 24. This is important. Okay. And from there he arose, verse 24, Mark chapter 7, arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let, not the let the children be fed first, for it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed, and the demon was gone. Both Gentiles... But if you look in Matthew chapter 15, you can see that, that story again. And you, you'll see the difference. Why he didn't get on to the centurion. And why he at first responded the way he did to the woman. Sometimes you got to dig a little deeper. Matthew 15, verse 21 through 28. Y'all with me today? You're going to like this stuff. Matthew 15, verse 21 through 28. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to a district called Tyre and Sidon. The same story. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon, but he did not answer her a word. How rude. Or was it? And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. Now she humbled herself. The first time... When she approached him, she approached him on the basis of covenant, you see. Oh Lord, son of David. Well, she wasn't involved with all that. She was a pretender. She wasn't a Jew. He wasn't her Lord and he wasn't, and she had not, she didn't know anything about the son of David. She, she wasn't a part of that covenant with God, you see. 
God is a God of covenant. He sent Jesus to the house of Israel first. To the children of Israel first. So, And she came sort of pretending to be one. And he knew she wasn't. So he didn't say anything. And he pointed this out at first. But then she just humbled herself. Oh Lord, help me. Alright. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. If we approach God based on what we deserve, we would all go to hell. That's a fact. (laughs) We have a better covenant now with better promises. We have entered into God's covenant. It's a new age. That's why I talk about the blank page between Malachi and Matthew. It's a big difference. It's not just a blank page in your Bible. It's a difference, a change in the covenants, a change in the promises of God, a change in the agreement. We have a better covenant with better promises. That's why we say Moses was 120 years old. His natural strength was not abated, nor his eyesight dimmed. And we have a better covenant with better promises. Amen. We have SHD. Saved, healed, and delivered. I'm afflicted with SHD. Tell them. Watch out. You might catch it. And that's a good thing. Well, you're just in denial of everything that's real. Uh, No, I'm not in denial. I'm in relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm aware of what's going on. I'm aware of who's behind it. And God has given me authority over all the works of the devil. And you too. Do you believe it? You need to. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and in James chapter 4, it tells us that God resists the proud and He gives grace to the humble. Doesn't it? Humility is key. To receiving from God. He wants you to be confident. In your identity in Him. Got your picture in His wallet. He can rush right into the throne room. Into Daddy's office. But you still need to be obedient. Respectful. Humble. Children. Amen. The centurion approached in humility. He said, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. But then he turned around and said, but it's not even necessary, really. All you got to do is say the word. He recognized Jesus' authority in a spiritual realm, something he had no, no contact with. But he had witnessed it. He had heard about it. And he just believed. And Jesus marveled. At his faith. There's only two times in the scripture that says Jesus marveled. You know that? One of them's right there. In Matthew chapter 8 about this centurion's faith. The other one was very sad. He went to his hometown and he couldn't heal too many people there. Or he wouldn't. Because of their unbelief. And he marveled at their unbelief. Prophet is not without honor except in his own house and his own hometown. Familiarity breeds contempt, unfortunately. You know, Christians could do so much if we would just agree and believe. You go around this country today, well, maybe not today. Try it again in a few months and go go to all the churches. (laughs) Right right now, a lot of them are empty. But you'll find different doctrine. You'll have large portions of this Bible that are not discussed. Or you'll have them reason away. Uh, The fact that this Bible is God-breathed, you know. And if, you, and if you ever decide 
that this Bible was written by men about God, then you can you can say that it's evolved or changed as well. Or become you become more enlightened, you see, than they were back then. But it's not. This is a book written by the Holy Spirit. All 66 books through about 50 different writers. And it hasn't changed. If we would agree on everything, we could accomplish everything that God wants. And Jesus would hurry back. <laughs> this is a fact. We can't agree on anything. There's some, you know, there's some things that just doesn't matter if we really agree. You know, we all come from different backgrounds. Some of us were unchurched. Some of us were this denomination, that denomination, that this ism or that, right? And that's, that's, that's okay. God don't really care where you've been. He cares where you're going. So, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, it's okay. Who cares? As long as we agree He's coming back for us. We're going to Him. Amen? I could teach on those things, and I probably will. Not today. But it doesn't matter if we agree on that. It's not going to keep us out of heaven. You see what I'm saying? Some people think you got to sprinkle them. Some people think you got to dunk them. I'm like a friend of mine. Is just I, I think you need to just hold them under until they truly repent. <laughs> if we'll come to God in humility, like and in faith, like that centurion did, there's nothing. He'll do the same thing for us. There's nothing he won't do for you if it's. If it's written in His Word, if it's a promise He's made, which is total healing for your body, prosperity, salvation, forgiveness, you know. All the love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control you're ever going to need, you have already received. And now you just need to walk it out by faith. Like muscles, just practice You've got a whole. You've got the Holy Spirit, a Paraclete, the one who comes along beside you and takes together, uh, hold together with, a partner in this life to lead you and guide you and teach you to remind you of everything Jesus has said. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and gives life to this mortal body. You are supercharged, supernatural. Most people, unfortunately though, <clears throat> the word's not enough. Even most Christians, they, they'll tell you, well, I know the Bible says it, but, I'll tell you, you need to get your butt out of the way. Right? But the doctor said, my body said, I feel it. The internet said. The Demo Democrat news. Democrat what? News said. Sorry. You're wrong. They're more moved by the physical. The natural things that they see, that they feel, that they hear than they are by the word. And all of us... Really, all of us do that sometimes. We want to be different. We want to be better. But the majority of the church and all of the world is carnal. Now, carnal doesn't always mean sinful. It just means natural. But you are not natural. You're supernatural. If you have been born again, according to John 3, 3, Jesus said, unless you're born again, Nicodemus, let me just cut to the chase here. <laughs> Since you came in the middle of the night because you're scared of folks, that's what your problem is. The fear of man brings a snare. And if you're waiting to receive the acceptance or the approval of man before you serve and agree with God, 
you're always going to be missing God. You're going to fall short of the things that He really has for you and wants for you. He still loves you. You can't change that. God loves you. Let's just let's just settle that. You're not going to make Him love you any more or any less. Your relationship with Him is not performance-based. It's based on Jesus' performance, and He did He did all right. Now, you've been justified. You've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb of God. And now you have authority by that blood and that name over all the works of the devil. And sickness is not of God. Disease is not of God. Poverty is not of God. Strife is not of God. You can speak to those things in the name of Jesus. There was a there was a woman at a meeting, <clears throat> healing and deliverance meeting, and <laughs> a few hundred people probably there. And uh, sometime when you start preaching and ministering on deliverance, some of those some of those demons will begin <clears throat> to manifest in the in the room and so they had a uh, another room you know over back there where people would politely sort of take those uh, people that had that were demonized and they started acting up they would take them back there to get further counseling and to keep the peace because see Satan always going to try to draw attention to himself always Anyway, this particular woman was pretty messed up. And they can become quite physically strong. Yeah, and uh, and uh, so they called for the <laughs> they called for this <coughs> other minister who was still in the meeting and said, Go get him. He can he can handle this, you know. So he said he's walked start walking back there, sort of in pride. Oh, they need the they need the big guns. I can handle this. <laughs> and he said he remember walking in there, <laughs> and there was two two men. This woman was sitting in a chair, and there was two men holding her down by her shoulders. She had been acting up pretty bad. And he walked in the door, and all he remembers is seeing those two men go. Whoosh, she, she threw them to the opposing walls. Wham! <laughs> and this woman, who should have sounded quite pleasant or whatever when she spoke, said, "I've been waiting for you," <laughs> in a voice that was not hers. And he said all the pride just went right out of him. <laughs> and these demons start manifesting <clears throat> and acting really ugly and belligerent and saying, saying some very hostile things. And there was a little old woman sitting there in the room with them who had been one of the, one of the prayer ministers or helps ministers. And she's like in her 80s, about 90 pounds, sitting there in the corner. And this this other woman was manifesting these demons. And she was getting quite belligerent and ugly. And that little old lady, when this minister that was sent back there didn't know what to do, he was paralyzed with fear. <clears throat> this little old woman said, Shut up and be quiet. And you come out of her. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb, and leave this precious woman alone. And phew, was gone. And she was free. And she went over there. She wasn't talking to the woman. She was talking to that demon. She went over there and she said, it's all right, sweetheart. They're gone. That's who you are. Amen. The word of God has to be enough for you, though. 
You can't worry about what the world says, what they think, or their permission in a lot of times. You see, as godly people, we're obedient people. We're obedient to the, the law of the land. We try to live at peace with everyone as much as is possible. Not always possible. There are worse things than war, believe it or not. And I'm sitting here looking at the commander of this VFW, and he says, and I know what he's thinking. Son, you have no idea. Yeah, but God does have enemies in this world, and we thank God for every one of those men. You know how many burials he they had last, last month for, for veterans of foreign wars? I think he said 80 something, right? 88. You come in here sometime after he's been attending those and watch him clean the guns. Thank God for them. Otherwise, this, this fallen world will be overrun. And if we don't watch out in 80 something days, it could very well happen here. You see, the enemy would love nothing better than that not to be a place for the gospel to be sent forth from. But first, they have to shut the mouths of folks like me and you. They have to get rid of the truth of the word of God. That's how it's happened everywhere in the world where, where that stuff is taken over. Anyway, I don't want to get started right there. But Proverbs 4 says that the word brings life and health, health to our whole bodies. So we need to believe and receive or doubt and do without, right? So I want to contrast that great faith. Even the Syrophoenician or the Canaanite woman, she had great faith once she got past her pride and, you know, her little fib. Jesus fixed that. He, he brought her down where she needed to be so he could help her. Because he loved her. Amen? But now, y'all heard of Thomas. And I'll finish here. The world knows him as Doubting Thomas, unfortunately. They shouldn't, though, because he did great things. And he was martyred for the, for the work he did in the name of Jesus. But... For our benefit, God showed his story here in the Bible in John chapter 20. Oh boy, I get to these last several chapters of John and I just start to smile. Some of my favorite places to read. But, especially the next chapter after this one, when what I call breakfast on the beach. Oh, I love it. Can't wait to talk to him about that one. Talk to Peter and them about it. It's going to be awesome. John 20. I'm just going to read this in a couple verses at a time. We'll talk about it, okay? This is after Jesus had been raised from the dead. And he began to appear to the disciples. And then he appeared to 500 at once, right? I mean, he's, uh, he had a lot of witnesses. But this was after he was raised from the dead. John chapter 20, verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, one of the twelve original disciples, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So he had visited them once already that day, okay? So the other disciples told him about it. Of course, they were excited. We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand oh and place my hand into his side I will uh, I will not believe I will never believe I will never believe unless I see you see I will I will he willed it we can will it. We have free will. God will not interfere with our free will. He gave it to mankind knowing the pain it was going to cause him. Because he wanted us, he wanted a family that would choose him for him. 
And we can will it away if we want. But it's His will that all be in good health and prosper. And that all should repent and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and be saved. That's what He wants. That's His will. But He will not override our free will. He'll protect it all the way to hell if that's what we choose. And He'll... And He will not like it. But it will not be Him that did it. It would be us, you see. His will for us to be with Him. You say, well, if He wants that, then why don't He just do it? You see, that's that's how the world thinks. If, if that's, and half the church is here. You know, I, I sat in a church with a friend of mine, pastors, not too far from here. He's got over 10,000 members now. We had a guest pastor stand up there and said, if you're here today, then wherever you're at, that's right where God wants you to be. And he began to teach on the sovereignty of God. And I just want to stand up and say, no! Because you're talking about a good thing, but what about the crackhead downtown? What about the prostitute on the corner? What about the one being human trafficked, the slave trade all around this world? You know there are more slaves in the world today than there ever was during slavery in this country. Why aren't people griping and complaining about that? And Houston, Texas is one of the biggest hubs in the world. Thomas said, I will not believe it unless I see. He needed physical proof. You see, he was carnal. He was just being carnal. Or he said, I will not believe. So, the point here is that unbelief is a choice, isn't it? It's a choice. And truthfully, folks, we've been taught to walk in unbelief. We've been taught. That's why, that's why Paul begs us. In Romans chapter 12, I beseech thee, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, because of everything good God's done for you, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How do we renew our mind? Through the washing of the water of the word. Because our spirits have been reborn, renewed, and sealed, so the devil can't get back in there. You know, we were born children of the devil. That's right. Because of Adam and them. <laughs> we came that way with that corrupted seed. And so we were a child of Satan. <clears throat> and unfortunately, uh, in this country, I think people are becoming aware, but I don't know. It may be getting worse. I'm like, I don't know. But at some point, they decided that children didn't need to be punished anymore, didn't need to be corrected anymore they just needed to find their own way and make their own choices and what they what they didn't realize is they were given license to a rebel and they're supposed to their job their only job for that borrowed child from god is to raise them up in the fear and admonition of the lord been taught to walk in unbelief. Been walk, taught to go by what we see. By what we feel. Or what the doctor can verify. People go to these healing things. That's why you need to know that the word is really all that you need. I mean, even some of the biggest healing ministers in the world. Or, or, the, or even some that have gone on now. That, 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 that some have remember. Or, and I won't mention names today. But... but the point is, they would have five, six, seven hundred people at their meetings. People all come to, to receive. And you know what? You might see people jumping up out of wheelchairs and running. And, and, uh, and, I, and you know, I, I know that these are true. I mean, there's, there's been some fakes out there. There's always charlatan. Paul talks about the fact that Satan's folks have joined the church. This devil disguise himself as an angel of light, and so forth. But there is the real deal, too. Yeah. But even then, you know, only maybe 20 get healed. 
What about all the rest? And you know, sometimes uh, there have been meetings where uh, ministers have said, man, there was, you know, everybody got healed or, you know, whatever, or hundreds got healed. And then they lose that healing when they go home or in a week or two. I prayed for a guy one time. He, he said, oh man, he was sitting there. And he said, man, this old knee, he just gave me trouble. I can't even walk on it. It's been giving me trouble for a long time. Probably going to have to say, I said, man, well, God wants you well. And he goes, oh, I hope so. I said, no. That's not hope. Christian hope is a confident expectation of good from God. I said, he don't want to wait. He wants to do it right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Anyway, he got up. Start jumping around and dancing and happy. Telling his wife, he said, "Oh my God, it's healed." Jesus, no big deal. He said, "It's a big deal to me." He said, "It hadn't been like this in years." Reason I'm telling you this because you go talk to him right now because this was about. 10 or 12 years ago, 10 years ago. The last time I mentioned it to him, he barely remembered. I said, how's that with me a year? He said, oh, it gave me trouble sometimes. I said, do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where was I? 26, verse 26. Eight days later, first remember he said, unless I see, I'm not going to believe. I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them (laughs) and said, peace be with you. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. You know, Jesus would be unjust if he didn't admonish us against unbelief. And so he did with Thomas. Don't, do not disbelieve, but believe. We need to be faithful. We need to believe. To receive is imperative. When Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, remember he ran everybody off. He only let three in there, didn't he? Peter, James, and John. Right. He got rid of all the scoffers, all the unbelievers. The same thing in the Old Testament. You see when Elijah and Elisha raised people from the dead, they got alone with God and with the dead. But you see, they got rid of all the doubt and unbelief. The atmosphere in which we live is important. We can't live in a bubble, can we? I got things to do, man. I'm just being real. Well... I work seven days a week. And I protect my mind and my heart. But I'm still exposed to a bunch of other stuff. A bunch. I'm in construction. (laughs) Not only that, but I watch the news sometimes. (laughs) Not all the time, though. (laughs) Not like I used to, especially. (coughs) Pardon me. It's important that we spend time with the Word of God. You know this watch right here? See that? You can see that it's a watch, right? See how it lights up? Changes all that. I wanted to wear this last week. But I put it on and the battery was dead. <coughs> so I had to charge it up. 
I wore my other one that had a good battery in it. It's the same with us. We got to stay connected. If we don't, the world is going to corrupt our minds and our hearts. It's just the way we're made. You can't read the devotional three days this week and <laughs> and listen to a 20-minute message at church and say that, call it good. Good if you do. That's good. But it's really not enough. <clears throat> I posted something this week, an old memory popped up, and it says a, a relationship with God that doesn't change your life isn't really a relationship with God. You got to take everything to the Maker. You got to stay charged up. You got to wash your mind and your heart with the water of the Word of God. It, you just have to find ways to do it. I found that my truck is a good place for me. When travel time, I listen to my own messages. <laughs> you think you got it rough having to spend an hour with me here? I, I have. I sit with the Lord and get it. I come and share with you, and then I listen to it again to make sure it was God. Because if it blesses me when I hear it, I know it wasn't me. And I listen to other folks sometimes, and I listen to the Word of God on audio. And I read the Word of God, and I spend time with God. And I'm not a super Christian. It doesn't make me any better than anybody else. It just makes me more protected than some. And there are some that are way more protected than me, because I don't spend the time I need. But it's all for your good. It's not, it's not you trying to earn anything. There are no merit badges. But you called to a sick and dying world as a Christian. And if you're not prepared, if you're not in faith, how are you going to share that faith? How are you going to spark it in others? Choose to believe. And part of that is staying in the Word of God. You have to have a faith-filled atmosphere. I have scriptures all over my, my house. Nowhere I can't go. That I don't have a reminder of something. And when the devil starts whispering in my ear, you know what I do? I start speaking those things out even louder. Yeah, if you can see the miles I've worn out around my, my living room, through the kitchen, just praising God and lifting holy hands and <clears throat> not shouting at the devil, praising God. That runs the devil off, you see. The more he accuses me of something... Or the more he tries to talk me into something or say something about my body that doesn't agree with the word of God, the more I proclaim the opposite. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. By Jesus' stripes I was healed. Amen. And we have to do the same. I've seen people, and I, I talk to people all the time because... Because, uh, because of the other uh, commitment that I have as a regional advocate for, for uh, Army, for the Association of Related Ministers International through Andrew Walmack and Paris Bible College and all that. So I have this whole half of Texas and some other states and such. And I talk to ministers all the time. And I talk to people who have been to the Bible College and did their two years or three year deals there. And now they... They may be here or maybe somewhere else in the, in the country. And so many times they're like. You see, they're like, well, I don't know what God wants. I can't, I can't hear God. I don't know, it's, I don't know what to do. I don't. They expected something different. But what happens is they get up there and they're in a bubble. You see, they're in a wonderful atmosphere. Beautiful, God-loving people. Nurturing environment and word, faith-filled environment, and then they get thrown out into the world. And after a while, it's like, what happened? Where, Where did God go? God hasn't left you. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
I will never leave you or forsake you. I had a friend at a church that I pastored. And if, if only I was there for this one person, for those, for that decade, those three years. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. It was worth it. I watched this girl come and she began to sit back, the back, quiet, come in, listen, leave. Come in more often. And I began to get word from some of her family members. She told me, that, that man's changing my life. Wasn't me, of course. But the truth that she was hearing. She'd been in and around church. But religion don't save you folks. And she caught on fire. For Jesus. Oh. What a beautiful person. Inside and out. Everyone loves this girl. Had a little. Had a little baby. Had another. Had had a couple of kids, husband, just a great servant of God and a lover of people. The perfect specimen of a child of God. Well, got diagnosed with breast cancer, began to go to downtown. They began to do radiation. And she'd only been under the teaching for just a few months. And by the time I even heard about it, by the time she got to know me well enough to really kind of come out of her shell, uh, she was already, you know, going. And then they found it, started giving her chemo and this and that and the other. And <clears throat> the environment we were in, I knew I wasn't going to be there for long. And it wasn't a good, it wasn't, it wasn't a conducive environment for a, a faith-filled believer. The other believers there, I'm, I'm sorry, but it just wasn't. I got her into Karis Bible College when they still had one here. I, I got her interested in it and she went. But she was only there for part of a year. And then she began to get really ill and was still going back and forth and doing all the spending more time in the hospital and at doctor's appointments and hearing all this bombardment and then the, the poison was being inserted in the bombardment and she wanted so badly she believed she was like Lord I believe help my unbelief she, she went on a family trip it was just her and her mama and some of the kids got in a car and drove all the way to Colorado to a healing conference that was up there at the college to go and, and to get healed. And they got all the way there and didn't even go in because she was not feeling well. I think her mama wasn't feeling well. The kids were acting up or something. And they ended up just coming home. And not too long after that, I was called. I went over to her house and Tabana gave her a, a bottle of her frankincense. And, uh, and we just loved on her and prayed with her. And, but she was out of it pretty much by then. She was in a lot of pain and wanting more chemo. You know, and she died just right after that. A beautiful legacy. We know we'll see her again. But that wasn't God's best for her. She got caught up. You see what I'm saying? It's so easy. And I'm not being critical. God forbid. But for the grace of God, there goes us. You know what I mean? But it's that easy. Your faith and unbelief are playing a spiritual tug of war in your life, in your mind, in your heart. You see? And it's like, I want to just believe God, but, 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 but the doctor said, but, my family, yeah, but the test results, you know, 
I meet so many people that they wait until the crisis to try to get faith filled, you see? You don't just take a kid off of a off of the street and send him into battle the next day, do you, Mr. Randy? <laughs> they probably don't get enough training. <laughs> yeah. But but they gotta have some training. Even doctors, you know. Thank God for doctors in the ministry that people do in, in this world. Without doctors, most of the Christians would be dead. <laughs> but it's not God's best. He doesn't love us any less. And I'm just saying, don't do everything naturally possible like the woman with the issue of blood who had spent years trying to get healed and spent all she had on doctors and then she heard about Jesus. Well, you already heard about Him. We're not like the leper who said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I'm willing to be cleansed. Now we know He's willing. And we have a servant. God Himself has sent the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is with you always. Jesus is right there with you. And it and He wants you to glorify and honor Him by taking advantage of all the promises He has made. When we walk in unbelief, we glorify the devil. When we walk in faith and settle for nothing less than God's best, we glorify God. We're influenced by the people around us. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't be deceived. Be not deceived. Bad company corrupts good character and good morals. And it's not just the people around you. It's everything that goes in these eye and ear gates. The Bible says, I shall set no vile thing before me. It's not a condemning thing. My wife and I, we love movies. We hadn't seen one in a long time. But, but still, we put some things in front of us we shouldn't sometimes, don't we? You know. Especially if you watch CNN or MSNBC. <laughs> Vile. Serve me if you want. I don't have nothing. But I do have God. <laughs> Let's finish this scripture and then, and then we're gonna we're gonna close up here. I was in John chapter twenty. I got excited and lost my spot, so give me a second. But I want to finish talking about Thomas. John chapter 20. We're at the last two verses of this. 28, verse 28. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. He was saved right there. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas needed evidence. The centurion in Matthew chapter 8 just needed a word. Big difference. He just needed a promise. Just a word from the king. King of kings, Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega. This is a time in our world that is perfect and very helpful 
for hypochondriacs and for doubting Thomases. It's their dream. <laughs> because now they've created a culture that spoon feeds them doubt and unbelief and fear. It's all fear based. And we're just saying today, God is saying to us that fear is a lie. Don't live in fear. Don't live in doubt. Don't live in unbelief. God loves you. He's with you. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. The children of God, the righteous shall live by faith. Let God's word be enough for you. If God said it, that settles it. And when you decide to believe, like I said, it, it make, it make, that situation might get a little worse after you've decided to believe. That's the devil trying to scare you off of it. But you know what? You're really scaring him away. And if you'll stand firm, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's a promise. That's one of the 8,000 or so you can claim. And stick-to-itiveness is essential as humility and faith. Amen? Amen? So you too can say, I lift mine eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Not from man. God's your provider. God's your healing. God's your comforting. The source of everything good. The Father of light. Every, all good things come down from above. From the Father of lights. He's not going to change. In Him, there is no changing. No shadows turning. He's perfect in all of His ways. Just like the song said to us. He's a good, good Father. You believe Him today? He said it, that settles it. Amen. Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, for every good thing that you are to us. All the things that you provide us with, our health, our wealth, our peace, our love. Thank you that the, the enemy is subject to us because of you. We have authority over the works of the enemy. But Lord, just like you said, these aren't big things. We don't glory in these things. Our real thanks is that our names are written in the book of life. And we thank you, Lord, that you love us and that we'll be with you forever. That this life is just for a flicker. But while we're here, Lord, we ask you to take what's left of our lives and do something with it. Help us to be a help to others. To share your healing, your empowerment, your love and your prosperity with the children of God and with the sick and dying world. Let us make a difference, Lord. When we get to heaven, let there be people there that say if it hadn't been for you sharing... That testimony, that word with me, you may not see me here today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.